We are holding, we had one class so far, we're discussing, um, as I told you, there's a couple of pages of intro before we really dive into the Hemshech, but even in this intro we're going to see that it's really uh, talking about a similar concept of, a similar concept of, um, I'm supposed to start taking attendance, that's what they told me, so I have to put everyone's name down, it's here. Okay, so oh, there's Shalom, the man that has the man that the man with the book. Oh, there we go. Okay, okay, here we go. So as I was saying, we we're, we're on page ten. Page ten. We're in the middle of the page. We started discussing the idea of Shabbos in relationship to um, Rosh Hashanah. And we said how in Rosh Hashanah, obviously, we know that the Pneumius goes up. And on Shabbos, we were introduced to the idea that the Chitzonius goes up. And because the Chitzonius goes up, then what we're left with is we are left with the energy of the Pneumius actually giving us our life force. And that's why we are so careful on Shabbos regarding uh, doing Malachas, because we're mamish sitting in front of Hashem. And the Pneumius stick away. Then we discussed last time the idea of how Bichlal, Chutz La'aretz, is getting its energy during the week from the world of Asiya, and Eretz Yisrael is getting its life force from the world of Yitzira. And that's why in Eretz Yisrael you definitely feel something different. right? And then on Shabbos, both go up and they're all, both getting their life force from the world of Bria. And that's why there's a big, bigger jump, in, in fact, from, uh, in Chutz La'aretz. Because we're going from Yitzira, I mean from, excuse me, from Asiya all the way to Bria. Whereas in Eretz Yisrael, it's only going from Yitzira to uh, Bria. But as I mentioned last time, you know, most people, when they come back from spending some time in Eretz Yisrael, uh, when they land here in, in America, or for that matter, anywhere else in the world, they just feel like something's missing, right? And it's more than just like it was a nice, uh, you know, it was a nice vacation, or it was a nice... Uh, 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 zman in, in yeshiva or a semester in school or something like that. There's definitely something missing. And, and what it is that people don't really uh, know how to articulate is that it's really because they've been receiving their life force from a much higher spiritual level for the past week, six months, year, whatever it is. And when they come into America or England or Canada or Australia or wherever there is that they're going, they all of a sudden the energy drops down. And that's what it is that, that a person feels that they're missing. And you speak to basically anyone. Everyone will tell you that they're having this experience. I mean, anyone that goes to Israel and has a little bit of sensitivity towards anything definitely feels a difference when they come back out. They don't necessarily feel the difference there because when they first arrive, like it starts to build and it builds and it builds and it builds and it builds and it builds. You don't even realize it, what that's going on. But when you come out of it, it's like all of a sudden you're like, whoa, you know, what happened here? You know, someone like lowered the, uh, the dim switch on the, on the lights and, you know, all of a sudden you realize that it's like darker now or whatever. Okay, so now we're holding, we're going to start to discuss uh, the idea that is going to be discussed uh, for the large part for, throughout the Mimer, which is this idea of an intermediary. 
that is able to go into something else and also to be able to impact that second thing. First, we're going to start with the difference between, we're going to be discussing the difference between speech and thought. So we're going to get a very, very interesting description of what really is happening inside of us, uh, in our souls and in our, you know, in our, in our, in our beings, uh, to be able to understand how it is that we are you know, living on a day-to-day basis. But first we'll start with the idea of what's happening on Shabbos. So I think we got up to... Uh, I'm about halfway down the page, Yud. The first word on the page is pre Chaim. In the people that have the new books, I don't know where it is. Okay, so it says like this, Is that a beginning of a paragraph for that book? No. Okay. Since we're now we're receiving... This higher energy, we're receiving a neshama yaseir, an extra neshama on Shabbos. The hainu me'olam abriya, shehu olam haneshamas, because it's coming from the olam abriya, which is the olam haneshamas. Umisham nimshach gamkein shefa, the chayis. From there, it's also drawing down a shefa, an energy, and a chayis. Ha'olam azeh ha'gashmi into the physical world. Shibibachinas asiya, right? That is in the world of asiya. Shegam olam asiya ha'gashmi mekabel sayos umibachinas machshavos b'shabes, because even the world of Asiya is receiving from the level of Machshava as, as opposed to Dibor when it talks about Shabbos. Okay? So then he says, Valpiza, Yuvan. So now we could understand, Masha Amrazal, Asar Dvarim Nivro Be'eret Shabbos. That it says in Pirkei Avos, there are 10 things that were created on Arab Shabbos. This acronym is Bein Hashmashos. Right? Right? Bein Hashmashos, we know, is the time period between when it's. The sun is setting and it's still not dark. So the question comes out on, on Erev Shabbos, we know if we're saying that Machshava, right, is what's giving energy to the world on Shabbos and Dibor is what's getting the energy to the world during the week. So that hour in between, exactly how is it possible that anything was created? The Lechaira in a on that on the surface it's not understood. Kevan Chashem is Barach Shabbos Beyom Shabbos. Since Hashem is resting on the day of Shabbos. So how is it possible that Hashem would have done Malacha on Erev Shabbos, namely on Ben Hashmashos? Yeah? How is that a possibility? Skip the parentheses. Go down a few lines. He says, But now, according to what we just said before, we'll be able to understand everything. Because on Shabbos... Hashem rested from the level of speech. And it's coming down instead from the level of machshava. Okay, so this is, we're entering into a new category here, and this is what we're going to be developing throughout the Mimer. There is, however, an intermediary between speech and thought. Think about it in yourselves also, right? Most of the time, right, we have thoughts that we're thinking, and then we have our speech that is coming out. But what we're going to describe here is that there is a thought process that is related to speech. That is not pure thoughts, but it's definitely not speech yet, right? And this is the beginning of a discussion of what is going to be known as a mamutza. A mamutza is an intermediary stage between two things. And it's very important to know these intermediary stages in order that we should be able to influence the way we act in life and how to use life. Okay, so he says like this. This intermediary between 
thought and speech in a human being is called higayon. Shehigayon nikra machshava v'kamo higayon libi. Because sometimes higayon is known as machshava, like the pasuk that says higayon libi, that it remains inside of me. Right? So that's like more the concept of thought. V'gam ha-dibor nikra kein. But also dibor is also called higayon. V'kamo v'lashayni te'agetzid kecha. Like my tongue will express your righteousness. So that's more the idea of speech. According to the mouth of a tzaddik, he will express his chachma. Right? So we see that the word higayon, where do we say higayon? Anyone familiar with that? We say it in davening every day. <coughs> Think about the Shemona Esrei. There you go. Right? Everyone knows what he said? Yeah. Right? At the end of the Shemona Esrei. So this is the same idea. So we see that sometimes Higayon is referencing thought, and sometimes Higayon is referencing speech. So how does this work? When it says Higayon Libi, Alin, Alin is Aramaic, means these are. Milin distimin. These are words that are hidden. The lo yachil that I barnash, I have barnash, a base known as barnash, which means a person. A person is not able, leparshalon bepume, to express them with his mouth. Pume means his mouth. Dahu kegayon diihu beliba. This is something called a higayon that's in his heart. So we see that Higoyen is clearly not speech. Instead, it's like a thought or a, an idea or a, a concept that's in the heart. So even though sometimes we reference the word Higoyen to speech, we have to say it's not Mamish speech. There's another language for Higayon, which is from the language Hoiga, which means to remove oneself minha mesila from the from the mesila means basically like a um, like a track or like a pathway, right? Uh, you know the book Mesila Sayisharim, right? The, the straight pathways, right? So the same idea here. Higayon minha mesila shu lashen hasara. It's a removal. So now we understand what we're talking about. So what it is, is, let's read these words. According to this, Hasara, removal, and drawing down, from the, the hidden place of thought, to be a root or a source for speech. Okay, so what are we saying here? What is this last point that he says? Anyone want to try? No? Eliel, you got it? Not so much? No? Aye? Yeah, basically that's what we're saying. It's like an intermediary. It's like you know you want to say something. And now, but you have to decide what it is that you really want to express. So 
in machshava, when you basically have machshava, you have a few different things going on. Let's break it into two. What do you have when you have machshava, generally speaking? Person's thinking. New? Shalom? Thinking thoughts. He's thinking thoughts about different topics, whatever the topic happens to be. And what are those thoughts for? Could be random thoughts. Let's say that they're not random thoughts. Let's say they're specific thoughts. Or but before that, general thoughts, what are they? Trying to understand it. Trying to understand something. You're trying to understand a concept. Uh, I, uh, even like a concept, I need to go to Chicago uh, on Tuesday. So you start to think, I know I need to go to Chicago on Tuesday. What does that mean for me? I have to uh, get a plane ticket. Uh, I have to figure out, do, am I going to do it online? Am I going to do it, call a travel agent? I have to uh, find a way to get to the airport. Like you start thinking through different ideas. But that's, is that for anyone else? No. It's for myself. I have to think through. Oh, if I'm going to leave at 10 o'clock in the morning, that means I'm going to have to wake up at 6 in order to go to the early morning minion. And uh, in order to get to the early morning minion, it starts at 10 to 7. So I have to wake up at 6. Maybe I should wake up at 5.30. In other words, all of this information that's going on in my mind is seichel for me. It has nothing to do with anyone else. Right? Or let's say he's thinking about a mimer. He's thinking through the mimer right now. We're trying, we're trying to figure out, why are we learning this bechlal? What, what are we getting here? What, what, what are we thinking about? Okay, we're talking about now this idea. We were discarded by discussing Rosh Hashanah and how the Panemius goes up in Rosh Hashanah. Now we segued into Shabbos, and we said on every Shabbos the Chitzonius goes up, right? And now we're all getting from Machshava. Now we're starting to talk about, okay, what is Machshava? We're starting to develop what is Machshava. So I'm thinking about all this in my mind. Why do I want to know about Machshava? There's two reasons. Why do I want to know? Two reasons. The Mashal and the Nimshal. I want to be able to understand it. Let's say just from the idea of the Mashal. I want to understand myself. I want to understand how I work. Right? No one gave me an instruction book when I was born. I mean, people have tried, but I don't believe them. Right? No. People have tried you know, over the years, and I read this, and I read that. But the more I learn Hasidus, the more I understand what it is, how I'm, how I'm actually working on my inside. Right? What's really happening to me? And then, therefore, it starts to make a lot more sense, life. Because all of a sudden, I understand why I'm having this feeling and that thought and this, uh, this crazy notion and this uh, amazing point and uh, you know, all these different things that are happening in me and why I have a desire to this and desire to that. The more I'm learning Hasidus, the more I'm understanding me. And I'm understanding what are the workings of me and what I should be expecting, what I shouldn't be expecting. Right? A person could have very unrealistic uh, expectations of oneself. Like we've been learning in chapter 27 in Tanya. A person could be thinking to himself, you know, I, I'm, I'm Balchuba for at least three weeks and I can't believe I have all these desires to do things still. I've been a Balchuba for 30 years and I'm, I still have all these desires to do all these things. Like uh, I must be a failure. That's my natural conclusion, right? If I still am getting the same stupid uh, desires 30 years later, or, uh, you know, it must be that I'm a failure and I'm a this and I'm a that. And, and, and then what's in, anyone that feels himself to be a failure, what happens next? What happens next? Gets depressed. He's going to be depressed. He's going to be sad. He's going to be depressed. He's going to get to a state of yush. What's yush mean? Yush means despair or giving up, right? Why, why should I even bother? 30 years I've been from and I still have a desire for uh, pizza. pepperoni basketball. pizza. Pizza and basketball, right. right? In other words, I'm still having the same stupid things in my head. I obviously have not accomplished anything, so therefore I'm a loser. Well, no one wants to be a loser, right? So I'm depressed now. 
And why am I bothering this? Let's just give in completely and just uh, go after the pepperoni pizza or go after the pizza and basketball or go after whatever it is, the, the movies that I shouldn't be watching, right? On the other hand, when a person learns, like we're learning in chapter Chavzai in 27 in Tanya, that no, Adarabah, Hashem made you this way, that you're going to have these desires every day and you're going to be, what's my example from Tanya class? Offensive exactly. You're going to be an offensive lineman. Yes. You're offensive lineman. That every single down, you have to get out there and make sure the defensive end doesn't get into the backfield. Right? And I have to, every single down, that's my job. My job is to make sure the defensive end does not get into the backfield. Doesn't hit the quarterback, doesn't hit the running back, doesn't hit anyone. And you say to yourself, but wait a minute, I, I just did this the last down. I have to do it again? Yeah, you have to get out there and do it again. What do you mean? I did this last game. How many times? I did this, uh, I don't know, how many times do they have a, a plays on the offense? A hundred times, whatever? Five hundred times, whatever? I did this every single time. I have to do it again and again and again and again and again and again. Come on, by now, I should have proven my point. I, told, I showed this guy already last down. I have to prove it to him again that he shouldn't get into the backfield? Okay, fine, I'll do it one more time. But now I look around and I say to myself, wait a minute, I've been doing this for a whole year. I've obviously, I deserve a... a I deserve a promotion. Now I think I should be playing quarterback because I've done it for a whole year. I've showed that, I, that I, it's not the way the game works. The game doesn't work that way. The game works at every single down. You have to still make sure the defensive end. And these guys, some of these guys that are able to last, they can last three years, five years, 10 years, 15 years. I don't know, in the league, I don't know how long they actually last. But the point is, is that at no point of time is all of a sudden they are thinking to themselves, I should be promoted. I should become the quarterback or I should be the running back now that, that I've done this for all these years. Yeah. That's not the game. Your job is to make sure the defensive end doesn't get into the backfield. That's your, that's your game. Same thing with us. Same thing with us. We are going to be getting these desires and these wants and these uh, you know, feelings of heaviness and the feelings of uh, sadness and feelings of you know, all different types of feelings. And, and Hashem wants to know, what are you going to do with that stuff? How are you going to stop it? How are you going to continue weiter? You're going to wake up from Minyan and you're going to go to Mikvah and you're going to day in, day out. So that's very easy maybe when you're in Yeshiva and you just roll out of bed and you, you know, literally roll down the stairs into the, into the water. But maybe, you know, once you get married and you have to drive to get to the mikvah, you have to, you know, uh, go to work and you, have to, and, and you have to figure out how am I going to go to work and also, you know, be in a minion. All of a sudden it becomes much harder, right? So the point is, is that Hashem wants to see. He's going to throw curveballs at us every single day and he wants us to keep on hitting them out of the park. That's what he wants. And it's not so much hitting it out of the park, just hitting singles and doubles and whatever, and, and that's it. That's what we're supposed to be doing with it. So a person, what? Make contact. Make contact, just hit the ball. Make, make contact with the ball. The point being what? The point being that if a person understands what the game is, and a person understands then, starts to understand his tools that he's using, right? So then he's able to succeed in this lifetime. And he's able to lead a meaningful, happy, purposeful life. If he doesn't even understand what the game is that he's playing, and he doesn't even understand what are the tools that he has to use, it's very hard to be happy and successful in this life and to have a meaningful life. So that's issue number one of why we're learning this. Issue number two, or point number two why we're learning this, is that we understand that, that we are like a microcosm of, of look at what Hashem. Hashem wants us to understand Him. So by understanding ourselves better, we're going to be able to understand how 
Hashem is also better. Not that we understand Hashem. We'll never understand Hashem in that way. But at least we'll be able to start to understand how the universe works and how Hashem works and how He's creating. So now we understand more, a little bit more about what's happening on Shabbos. Like now we understand that there's this higher energy. And there are many, many stories of tzaddikim and even people that got, uh, you know, brachas from tzaddikim that all of a sudden on Shabbos they become like different people. That they become, they become actually taller, right? There's, a, I don't remember who it was, a certain rabbi that was able, it was a short person, uh, and he was able to fit under this, this like, stender by the stender by the, by the Aaron Kodesh, but on Shabbos he couldn't because it's, he actually grew taller. No one would recognize that he grew taller, but the fact is he couldn't fit under this, in this place. I don't remember who, who, which rabbi it was, but I remember reading this story. What? The altar of it? No, no. I, I heard it from a Polish Rebbe. It could be the altar of it had something like that also. But this was a Polish Rebbe that I was thinking about. But the point is, is that now we begin to understand Hashem. So now let's get back to ourself here. So we now understand that there, in terms of Machshava, there's basically, what we're going to explain here is that there's two different levels of Machshava. Level number one of Machshava, the higher level of Machshava, is I'm thinking about it in terms of understanding a concept myself whether it's a concept in Torah, or the Havdil, a concept just in day-to-day life. I need to go to Chicago on Tuesday, like I said, right? I, I'm thinking through it. There's a second level of Machshava, which is now taking the higher Machshava and trying to bring it out in a way that I want to now express it to something outside of myself. I want to communicate, right? That's the level of Higayon that we're talking about. That's It's an intermediary. It's definitely not speech yet, but it's not just a Machshava. Because most machshavas are just for myself. Right? That's what I'm, I'm thinking. Right? But this machshava is a machshava to bring out. So let's see it inside. There are two different levels of machshava. The first one is the machshava ilah. Like a person is thinking some sort of intellect. That the letters of the thought are connected to the, the, the concept, whatever the intellect is. They're not felt at all as a thing by itself. He's only thinking about the intellect. In other words, when you think an idea, you're not thinking about particular words. You're thinking more in terms of pictures and ideas and whatever. It doesn't apply this idea of like a oh, word. I'm going to use this word as opposed to that word, or I'm going to think like that. It's just not how people think. They think like a concept, right? They think in terms of con- uh, you know in a conceptual way, right? So what we're saying here is there are in fact words there, but their words are so bottled, they're so nullified to the concept. Therefore, we don't feel them at all. The habes. The second level is Machshava Tata, lower level Machshava. Now he's thinking a different way. It's also inside of his own head, but now he's thinking, what am I going to say? Right? He comes up, he starts to think, what am I going to speak about in this class? Or what am I going to speak about in my speech? Or I want to make a telephone call to someone and I want to think through my thoughts of how I want to express this idea to this person. So I'm not saying it out. I'm not speaking it yet. It's definitely def- in my mind. But it's not in my mind in the same way of when I'm just thinking for myself an idea. 
right? Vezehu machshava shebedibor. Okay, so now he's calling it by a new name. So we have machshava ila, which is machshava for the self, and now we have machshava tata, which is machshava shebedibor. Vohu makor hadibor. This is the makor hadibor v'pinimiuso, and it's pinimius. Vezeinin higayon. This is this idea of higayon. Melashin ka'asher hoygemer hamesila, like we said before, like the idea of removing oneself from the pathway. Yeah, hoyga means to remove, to remove in hamesila, right? Dahainu. Why do we have a dahainu? Meaning, like clarifying what we just said now. Shenimshach v'yotzim mebechinas machshava ilah. We're now drawing it out and going out, going away from this higher level of machshava. Lios bechinas machshava tata to be a lower level machshava shehu makor hadibor mamish, which is the makor of dibor. That's the source of speech. That's what I'm going to bring out, right? So now we've shifted in our own minds. We're going away from just a thought for thought's purpose, for my own seichel, and into how am I going to express this to someone else? Good? Clear? See, now he says, Va'inyan lamayla. What does that mean when it says Va'inyan lamayla? Good. Nimshal. Very good. Analog, right? The nimshal, right? Now we have to see how does this apply to Hashem, right? That's how it applies. So, Bichlal in Hasidis, we're always going back and forth between Mashal and Nimshal. Why? Because we're dealing with concepts that are totally intangible. Right? How could you possibly express something in the spiritual world of Atsilas? Uh, you can't do it. However, by using Mashalim, and in particular Mashalim of the human being, which we all experience in an intimate manner, right, we are able to then apply this to what's going on in the upper worlds. That's the idea here. So you have to always keep in mind, okay, is this the mashal or the nimshal? Where are we holding? So now he says, So with regards to above, So in truth, when we talk about machshaba, we talk about atzilus. Now we said before, we have a shayla now. Because what did we say before? Where's machshaba? Bria. Good. We said before machshaba was bria. But now we're saying, in truth, really, Machshava is Atzilus. Okay, so he added something here. Okay, so this is a little bit of a different thing than what we've been talking about. Okay, so now we're saying that Atzilus is Machshava Viratsun and Bria is Dibor Viratsun. You and Shamatam, go over there and look over for the reason. Okay, so we have a confusion here. Okay, so put up a red flag in your brain. Right? So we have two things that we are focusing on that are different now. We said before that Bria is Makshava. Right? And now we're saying Atilas is Makshava. Arizal adds another point. Arizal also says Makshava Viratsun as opposed to Diba Viratsun. Okay? And if that's machshava v'ratzon, and this is diba v'ratzon, bria is diba v'ratzon, so what does it make yitzira? So seemingly asiyah v'ratzon, so what does it make asiyah? I don't know. Okay, so these are red flags. Whether we're going to answer this question or not, it's still things that when you learn a mimer, you should start thinking to yourself. Like, okay, this is a, this is a question for me. What's going on here? Something weird just happened. 
Okay? Okay, let's go weiter. Okay, that's good. That makes sense. That's good for us. How come? What do we just say? What do we just say? Right, we said that. That's true. But what are we saying here? What's the what's the chiddush that he's saying? What? What are we saying here? We said something important here. What do we say? Shalom, you helping me? Shalom and shalom. Okay. Yeah, this shalom. Okay, that's true. But but what do we say in particular? Sasson? What? That we know, but but what are we saying in particular? Elial, you're with me? Come on, stay in the game. You know how to read these words. Come on. Oh, okay. So now we're getting introduced. We said before we have two levels of machshava. We have machshava ilah, machshava tata, right? So just like we have in the mashal, we have to find it in the nimshal. So now we're, we're describing, according to the Arizal, we're re-attributing the levels. We're saying now, atzilus is machshava, dibor, uh, bria is dibor. Yeah, that's what we're saying. Okay. Now, with that in mind, with that in mind, right? We know that machshava is a source for bria. Excuse me, machshava is a source for dibor. We know that. We know that from ourselves, right? I mean, even though sometimes you wonder for some people if machshava is actually a makor for dibor. But all jokes aside, everyone understand my joke? You didn't get my joke. Sometimes people speak and you wonder where they're thinking before yeah, they spoke, yeah, yeah. right? Okay. But having said that, having said that, right, then now we have it clear that what? We're, we're now focusing in on if Atsilus in general is Machshava, so the Malchus of Atsilus is Machshava Tata, would be the lower level Machshava. And that's what's coming into Bria to give the highest to the speech. Think about it in ourselves. When we speak, we're hopefully speaking what it is that we have in our mind. Right? We're thinking about something, and then we want to say over a certain point. So what's the highest for the speech? What's the highest for the speech? The thought that I have in my mind that is coming into my speech. Right? So what he's saying here is now Malchus of Atzilus is the highest for Bria. That's what's creating Bria. Take a look again. Let's read it says like this, Right, we know that Machshava is the Makor of Dibor. So where is it? It becomes the source. What's Atik mean? Above or separated from. But it also means that which is going to be the place where it's coming into. It's going to be Keser for Bria. Libria. Because we know that there are ten spheres, right? We know that Kesser is on top, Malchus is on the bottom, right? The Malchus of one world acts as the Kesser for the next world. Yes? In other words, what happens is that as you go down, right, through all the spheres, you get to the bottom of that world, which is Malchus. Now you want to give over to the next world. Well, what's what's going over to the next world? What's going over? So let's say, uh, like my my wife in, in residency... What did they, what did they, um, 
they learn when they would learn these um, different operations and procedures and stuff like that, they'd always say, see one, do one, teach one. Right? In other words, first thing you have to do is you have to receive from the teacher. The teacher is going to teach you how to do uh, the stitching, for example. Then you have to do it yourself. You do the stitching. Now you have to, what? In order to really get it, you're going to teach it to someone else. Right? So when you're going down to a, someone else, right? So that's the same thing, right? In other words, you are, when you hear from your teacher, that's like it's going into you, into your top, into your Kesser, let's say, or into your, it's coming down from Kesser, something outside of you, so to speak, the teacher, and it's coming into your, into your brain, right? Into your Chabad. Then what happens? When you do it yourself, that's you. What's the you? The Zah. Zah is you. Mainly, it's your emotions, it's you, it's, it becomes you. But now you want to give it over to someone else, that's Malchus. You are now going to teach it to someone else. You're going to give that information over to someone outside of you. You following? And then it just keeps on going, the same cycle, over and over and over again. And we see this in everything in life. You have this three-part si- situation. Receive, do, give. You following? So the same thing here. So every Malchus of every world, acts as the Kesser, the jumping point to the next world, what it's going to give over to the next world. And you see that in my speech. For example, I'm talking to you. I'm trying to express a concept to you, right? So it's inside of me, and I'm trying to give it over to you. But I'm outside of you. Now these words, hopefully, are going into your brain, and you're trying to like trying to figure it out exactly. You don't really get it. It's, a, it's more clearly seen in, in the Gemara class, right? Like I teach over a piece of Gemara. And what's the first thing that I tell you? I mean, I tell you this in Hasidus also, but it's more clear in the Gemara. First thing you have to do is what? Go and do Chazara right now. Go learn it four times. Go learn it four times. Why? Why should you learn it? I just, I, you just heard it. Why do you have to learn? No, because it, when you hear it from me, it's still outside of you. You don't really got it. I mean, you think you got it, but you don't really got it. You get, whatever, 60 to 90% of what it is that I'm saying. But when you actually have to sit there and you figure out, oh, what, is the, what was this word? I don't remember what this word. You thought you knew what that word was. But now that you're sitting and trying to do it yourself, you don't know what that word is. So you have to break your head a little bit and figure out what is that word. Whether it's look it up in a dictionary, ask someone, or you know, trying to figure it out. How does this fit together? I thought I understood it in class. I saw the diagram on the board. I saw everything. I thought I got it, but I realize now I don't got it. That's making it yours. But when you're receiving, initially, it's coming from outside. It's coming from outside in. If it's coming from outside in, as much as it's going into you, it's not really yours yet. So that's what he's saying here. But that becomes the highest, on the other hand, of what is going to go inside of you. In other words, that is, there's, there's something there. It's something that you are receiving. So the same thing here, now we're explaining with Tatsilus and Bria. Atzilus by itself is machshava. That's totally separate, right? If you, you don't know what I have thinking in my head right now. It could be a lot of different things. It could be my trip to Chicago on Tuesday. You know, whatever. It, you have no idea because it's, it's private. It's me. 
But once I want to express something to you, now I'm going to have to bring it into a way that I'm going to communicate to you in words that hopefully you're going to be able to makabel. So my goal as being a teacher is to use the, the smartest words that you will be able to receive or the mashalim, like the offensive lineman, which is definitely not written about anywhere in Chassidus. I promise you that, right? But hopefully based on your background, you can chap that idea and you could like internalize it in a more clear way than a theoretical concept. Why am I telling that to you? Because that should be your highest, then that you now think about and now you digest. So therefore, Malchus of Atzilus now is going to give over the thought into Dibor. But it's giving it over into Dibor that it should become the highest of Dibor. But it's still outside. It's outside going in, but it's going to be the highest. All right, let's stop here for today. Um,